Welcome to the Cochrane Community Church Podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us, and we look forward to how Jesus will impact your life through this message. See, at Cochrane Community Church, our mission is simple. We want to share the love of Jesus so that our families, our community, the next generation, and the world will know Him as Savior. And this means that we strive to be a loving, Christ-centered community of believers. We just want to say thank you so much again for taking the time to tune into this episode. And at this time, please sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode. Thanks, Steve and uh, the worship team for bringing us uh, before God and worship through song. A lot of forms of worship, and one of those is through music and song, and uh, we love that. We can do that as a music person, especially. Uh, that's just great. And uh, if you were here Friday night, we really had an amazing time of worship through song, and just focused on that, just focused on the lyrics and the words and the spirit moving, and it was just really, really good. So glad you're here this morning. Glad you're uh, watching at home or wherever you may be online. We do have a host there for you. can answer any questions you might have and uh, make sure you respond. And we thank our hosts, too. Did you know we have a host monitoring our live uh, stream every week that um, puts in our points and scripture verses and everything? And we're really blessed to have that as well as uh, some of you are here and some of you are at home. And uh, week three, here we go, of our Thanks and Giving series, we head into the Thanksgiving week. This is it. Thanksgiving week. Um, wow. So where did that go, right? We're just doing this short little series, three weeks long, and we're going to have a new Advent series starting next Sunday, and that is called Comfort and Joy, and we will do that for four weeks. And then, of course, we have our beautiful um, Christmas Eve service, and we've already begun planning that, and we'll have that ready for you on Christmas Eve. And yes, there will be church on Christmas Day. Uh, there won't be Bible classes or anything, and it'll probably be just a short uh, service, just uh, some uh, Christmas songs and a little message and, and stuff like that. But uh, we have a lot going on, don't we? A lot going on. Uh, has, has anybody finished your Christmas shopping? Raise your hand if you finished your Christmas shopping. Got like one person. Have you started? Who started? Several. Okay, good, good, good. How about Thanksgiving? Um, who's cooking Thanksgiving? Raise your hand. I'm having everybody over to my house and I'm cooking. You raise your hand, right? Who's going to somebody's house? Yeah, all right. There's restaurants. Anybody? Anybody? Restaurants? Come on. There's all kinds of things we can do. There's a lot of things to go on. This season is really important to the people of America. And I shared with you on the first week that um, Abraham Lincoln is the one that declared Thanksgiving Day a holiday. And I think we've totally lost what he want, why he wanted to start that. And what did he say? He said it was to give thanks and praise to the Almighty Father. That's why. We need to set aside a day to give thanks and praise to the Almighty Father. And so he did designate uh, that. And uh, that was in 1863, believe it or not. And we've been doing that ever since. So everybody needs to put that on their Facebook page. Just to be passive aggressive. Did you know Thanksgiving is for Praising the Almighty, giving thanks and praise to the Almighty Father, right? We need to put that on our Facebook page. So why are you have a turkey if that's not why you're celebrating? I don't get it, right? So we have a lot to be thankful for, and what a blessing. Can you tell I'm bitter? I'm, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not bitter. But it's a challenge sometimes, isn't it? So we talked about the first week of our series. We talked about the biggest, most thankful thing, thing we have to be thankful for is what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. If you got nothing else, you got that. If you get nothing else, you get that. 
to be thankful for. I mean, if your life seems to be a wreck, if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have that. What is that? It's a forgiveness of sins, right? That's the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. That's the eternity in heaven. That's living in the kingdom of God on earth. So much to be thankful for. Then the following week, last week, we had joyful always. Was a, Be joyful always. What was the second one? Be joyful always. Pray. And give thanks in. Oh, my gosh. It didn't work very well, did it? Be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all situations. Did we talk about that last week? Yes, we did, and I know it's a challenge. So here we are today, our last week in the series, and guess what we're going to talk about? Here's the bottom line of the whole thing, and you can write it down at the top of your, your uh, fill-in-the-blank thing, and uh, we'll talk about this all day today. It's this, out of a heart of gratitude, then, comes generosity. Talking about gratitude for the last couple of weeks. It's our bottom line for today. Blogger Don Frank. Well, we studied being grateful and thankful and our generosity, which flows from that. And blogger uh, Don Frank said this, often our thankfulness centers around what we've received. Okay, that makes sense. Material items, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful I have clothes to wear. Family, so thankful for my wife and kids. Job, so thankful that I can be here on staff at the church, and on and on and on. It's an endless list of things we can uh, be thankful for, and I think you all agree with that. But let's also be thankful. Look at this. Let's flip it. Let's flip it. Let's also be thankful that we can give. Generosity starts with thankfulness. That is such a cool thought, isn't it? Let's flip it. Let's flip it. We have so much to be thankful for. Material things, right? And blessings, whatever it might be in your life. But what about being thankful that we can give to others, give to God's work? People have been generous to me for so many different times. I mean, just huge acts of generosity. I can't even uh, mention them all. Pastor Steve and I are so forever grateful and thankful for your generosity for uh, Pastor Appreciation Month. And so many of you were generous. We can't even thank you all personally, but we want you to know how thankful uh, we are for you and who you are and how you have appreciated us. And, and we really, really do thankful that and that, th- are thankful for that. And that's your generosity right there. One time when we lived in Texas, this uh, family that we knew owned a, a house on a river, and it's called the Colorado River. It's not the main Colorado River. There's two Colorado Rivers. One of them's in Texas. And uh, the Colorado River is down by Matagorda, really close to the Gulf of Mexico. And they said, hey, why don't you guys take a week and go stay in our house down there? You'll really enjoy it. So we're like, hey, you know, uh, vacation. So we drove to Matagorda, and we were so blessed by this amazing house that was on the river. And uh, out of their generosity, they shared it with us. They shared it with others as well, and that's just what they did. We've been blessed with this. We're going to share this with you. And so uh, the house, in the back of the house, had a dock that uh, was over the river and all the fishing gear you could ever think of. And so we fished and everything, and we were jumping off the dock and swimming in the Colorado River and just having a blast. And these guys come down the river, and it was like a rowboat kind of thing, a little fish boat and they're yelling to us you know I was like what what's that guy saying he's like there's alligators in this river and I'm like my kids are like what you know they're they're both really little they're like what there's what there's what alligators in this river okay so I start to panic a little bit and I'm telling you not two seconds later I saw some something moving in the water all right so I start to panic I'm going okay guys get out of the water 
get out of the water. 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 Get trying to smile, you know. So they're going, what, 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 dad, what? And they scramble up the ladder onto the dock, and I scramble up the ladder onto the dock, and we're in a panic now because of what that guy said. And wouldn't you know, it was like a turtle or something. It wasn't anything to be afraid of. But we, we knew then we shouldn't get back in that water, right? Later on that evening, we were fishing off the, off the dock. It was night. It was getting dark. Sure enough, we saw two little glowing eyes come out from behind some uh, trees that were on the bank of the river, and it was an alligator. It was only about this big, but that's big enough for me. I ain't getting in the water even with an alligator that big, right? So it was just a little alligator, and he swam by. And every night, we waited for him, and he came out and swam by the dock. And I even actually took a picture of it, printed it, framed it, and gave it to the people that let us use their house. Said, hey, here's what you put us up in. Uh, you know, <laughs> We had the opportunity to be killed by alligators. Thank you. But we appreciated that so much, and we had such a great time there. And it's out of generosity. God has blessed us so much, we want to bless you back. And I love that. I, does generosity come naturally for you? Are you like a naturally generous person? I got to think about it. You know what I mean? I, I got to think about it. I'm not, it doesn't just come naturally. I, I wish it did. And I uh, some people are just naturally generous. And uh, raise your hand if you've been the, the recipient of some crazy generosity of somebody in your life. Go ahead. All of us have, right? It's all of us have. People are just can be so generous. And uh, meeting needs and taking care of people and just giving out of their abundance and even giving out of their lack. People even give out of their lack, don't they? Let's look at an example from this, from the Word of God. This is great. I love this story so much. And most of us in here and watching at home have heard of the Israelites. We know about them, God's chosen people. You may be aware that they were slaves in Egypt for a long time before being set free. Let my people go. I think that's coming on. Isn't the Ten Commandments on over Thanksgiving weekend, I think? My mother-in-law never misses it. But... uh so they, they were uh, set free, led out of Egypt by God's instructions and favor through Moses, uh, one of the great Bible heroes. And we read this in the book of Exodus. Now, I could give you a whole lot of stuff, and we could be here all day talking about this story, but I'll give you just real quick. God did a lot for these people. Sometimes they got it. Sometimes they were thankful. Sometimes not so much. And they exasperated both God and Moses from time to time with their ungratefulness. It's like even after they were released from slavery, for crying out loud, they complained about all kinds of stuff. It reminds me of the nine lepers that we talked about our first week. Remember, only, or the ten lepers, only one of them came back to, give thank, to say uh, thank you to Jesus. So the Israelites, to get freed from slavery, of all things, they complain about water. They complain about food. They complain about, okay, now we have food, but we don't have meat. You know, they complain about meat. They complain about no Wi-Fi. There was no Wi-Fi. So they're complaining about that and uh, all of that. And uh, despite their, their whining, God provided every time. God provided every time. And they're like, geez, Moses, we, we'd rather go back to being slaves than, than eat manna every day. <laughs> wine, wine, wine. I mean, sooner or later, God's going to take off his belt. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm going to take, that's it. I'm taking off my belt. But you know what? He's not like that, was he? I mean, <laughs> he was some, but at one point, they even make a gold calf. They make a calf out of gold, a little statue, because Moses had been up on the mountain hanging out with God for too long. Even after all they had seen God do in their society, in their life, in their people group, they make a calf out of gold to worship, to be their God. 
After all, he'd done for them already. But guess what? God forgives, and they move forward. They move forward. And Moses shares with people, after all of this stuff, instructions for all kinds of different things, right? They were, they, were, they were slaves. They had no idea how to do much of anything. And God shares with them instructions. And, and part of those instructions were for building the tabernacle or the temple. And that's what we're going to look at today, starting in Exodus chapter 35. Have, I'm going to be in the ESV today, by the way, the English Standard Version. If you're on an electronic device, dial that up. Scripture will be on the screen in here and also for you at home. If you don't have that, you can uh, either watch the screen or you can follow along probably in whatever uh, version you are looking at. But uh, after thinking about there's a whole lot going on, let's start in chapter 4 so we can get into our, our verse 4 so we can get into our cool story today. So this is chapter 35, verse 4 of Exodus. Moses said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, This is the thing from the Lord. This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine uh, twined linen, goat's hair, tanned ram skins and goat skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and stones for setting, for the ephod and for the breastplate. Stop there for a second. And so what is all this? Well, it's like a Home Depot list God's making. I need you guys to gather up all this stuff, you know, so we can do this. This is the list of stuff needed to build the temple and not only build the tabernacle, but also its contents and priestly garments and stuff like that listed in here. But here's what I want to get at, get at this is to look at verse 5. What's verse 5 say? We have that separate. Yeah. Take from among you, look at this, a contribution to the Lord. Look, best part right here. Whoever is of a generous heart. Take note of that. Underline that. Whoever is of a generous heart, let him bring the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and bronze. The Hebrew translation for this, look, look, is is this idea. Voluntary, uncoerced generosity from the innermost part of a person. Think of where we are. It's the Israelites wandering around the desert. Just got out of slavery. Voluntary. Uncoerced. Here's here's what's interesting about this. This is not a command. A generous heart, an uncoerced willingness to bring, bring to the Lord, which must flow from thankfulness, which brings an awareness of opportunities when God provides them. Brings an awareness of opportunities. Generosity flowing from thankfulness. Look, seize the opportunity. Number one, seize the opportunity. You'll see where we're going. We're going to dig into this a little bit. What's cool about this? This is what blew me out of the water about this. Why I like this passage so much. God wasn't commanding the Israelites to give to his building fund. He wasn't. He offered them the opportunity because that's what it is. God, it says, for anyone who is willing. Now, he didn't even say, hey, since I did this for you, or hey, uh, you're going to do this for me. I mean, none of that. Uh, You know, the Old Testament is not usually a place where God gives people uh, options very often when he needs something done. 
He doesn't say, if you feel like it, very often. That's why this is so cool here. I mean, if you just look at verse 2, what he says about the Sabbath right before this, he says, whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall be put to death. I mean, yikes. You don't have any options, do you? But here he gives you options. He's given them options. Because you see, being generous, giving to others out of our thankfulness is an opportunity, even for us. It's not an obligation. And sometimes that's the hard part. That's the hard part. We don't often see it that way. Especially like the, what, the work that God's doing. The Blackaby brothers are fond of saying, to ask yourself, where is God working and how can I be involved? Where's God working and how can I be involved? Look at this. The Israelites. Hey, whoever is of a giving heart, it gets better. We're going to look at some more of this. I'll talk about your willingness here. I'll talk about being willing to give. A few months back, I shared with you that our, uh, our financial situation, that uh, we were behind budget where we were this time last year. And somebody out of their generosity stepped up and covered that shortfall. I talked to you not too long ago about uh, the unplanned immediate need for the roof to be replaced in the 100 wing. We have, actually, the roof on the whole entire building needs replaced. And I talked to you about the, the immediate need for the 100 ring, which is where all the sunlight classrooms all are, and also the steps in front of the sunlight there that were crumbling and we also had, all at the same time, this is what happens, and we also needed to complete the AC system in the gym. And you know that several of you saw this opportunity because of your spirit of awareness. You saw the opportunity for generosity, and I believe that out of your thankfulness for how God's taking care of you, you took care of the needs of his work here. That blows me out of the water. Oh, that needs done? I could do that. It's important. I can do that out of a heart of gratitude, out of a heart of gratitude. All that we have to be thankful for comes generosity. The Apostle Paul was raising some funds. Look what he said. Let's see. That'll be 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each one must give as he has decided. What did he say? In his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. It's exactly what's going on with the Israelites here. In, his, in their hearts, not reluctantly or under compulsion. And that's a great verse. Out of a heart of gratitude comes generosity. Because being generous is a heart issue. It really is. Being afraid to give is a heart issue. Being tight-fisted is a heart issue. I've heard the illustration, and I've seen it happen so many times before. And it's just, it happens that people whose hands are open, that are generous and their hands are open, God just continues to pour through them. Have you seen that? I see that all the time. Those who have been given much give and they get more to give and more to give and it just flows through them because God can't give through closed fists. Let's see what happens with the Israelites because it gets better. Scooch, my word is scooch. Scooch down to verse 20. See how this goes. Then all the congregation of the people of Israel departed from the presence of Moses 
And they came, everyone, look at this, whose heart stirred him and everyone whose spirit moved him and brought the Lord's contribution to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the holy garments. So they came, both men and women. What does this say? All who were of a willing heart brought brooches, earrings, signet rings, armlets, all sorts of gold objects. Every man dedicating an offering of gold to the Lord. And everyone who was possessed Everyone who possessed blue or purple or scarlet yarns or fine linen or goat's hair or tanned ram skins or goat skins brought them. Everyone who could make a contribution of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's contribution. And everyone who possessed acacia wood of any use in the work brought it. And every skillful woman spun with her hands, and they all brought what they had spun in blue and purple and scarlet yarns and fine twined linen. All the women, look at this, all the women whose hearts stirred them to use their skill spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. Those are priest, priest garments and spices and oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrance and incense. All the men and women, the people of Israel, whose heart moved them to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done, brought it as a free will offering to the Lord. All the men and women whose heart moved them. I just love that. I love that. I can imagine that scene. I would love to have been there. I would love to have been a part of that. I think it just starts to uh, spread when you see people's generosity. It just starts to spread, and you just want to be a part of it. Generosity flowing from thankfulness should move me to respond. Should move me to respond. Verse 22 said, all who are of a willing heart. Verse 26, all women whose hearts stirred them. And see, their response was a heart issue. Out of a heart of gratitude comes generosity. That's what we're talking about. Why do you suppose they gave? We just talked about how they complained a lot. One author said, for one thing, this is providing a place for God to live. There's that. <laughs> you can build a house for God. Okay, you know, we'll give to that one. But maybe also because God forgave them for the idol that they worshipped. God forgave them and continued his relationship with them. And maybe, just maybe, they remembered their liberation from slavery, the parting of the Red Sea, the manna, the water, the quail, the meat, all that they had complained about, by the way. Maybe they remembered all that God had done for them and are giving out of their thankfulness. It's generosity from thankfulness. And it's made very clear that their their response came from their heart, not an obligation, not even from God's command. Not even from God's command. Scoot down to verse 36, chapter 36. As we finish this up here. Verse 30, chapter 36, verse 1. Bezalel and Uhiliab and every craftsman in whom the Lord has put skill and intelligence to know how to do any work in the construction of the sanctuary shall work in accordance with all that the Lord has commanded. 
And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab and every craftsman in whose mind the Lord had put skill, everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. Everyone whose heart stirred him up to come to do the work. So the people are responding, as, as I said earlier. The skilled craftsmen are gathering together, and the work begins. So look what happens. Go to verse 3. It says this. It says, And they received from Moses all the contribution that the people of Israel had brought for doing the work on the sanctuary. They still kept bringing him free will offerings every morning, so that all the craftsmen who were doing every sort of task on the sanctuary came, each from the task that he was each from the task that he was doing, and said to Moses, The people bring much more than enough for doing the work, so that the Lord has commanded us to the work that the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave a command, and a word was proclaimed throughout the camp. Let no man or woman do anything more. You believe that? For the contribution of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient to do all the work. How often do you hear that? Stop! We've got enough. We had a tornado over in uh, when I lived in Toledo. I think eight people died in that tornado. It was just right in our neighborhood, not too far from our neighborhood. Our church was damaged. These eight, eight people were killed. We had to get all their funerals. It was just a horribly tragic thing. Right away, we set up uh, the, our sanctuary as a, a, a place to gather for people and things. And the community poured out so much support of clothing and food for the dozens of families that had damaged houses and properties and gift cards and just money poured in. We had to do the same thing. We had to say, stop. We don't have any more room for your generosity. We actually had so many gift cards that we continued to give them out to needy families throughout the year, past, even past the tornado stuff, even past that. And here the people are asked, stop. And it doesn't happen very often. I shared with you several years ago, and I dug this out, about a lady at a donut shop, you know, she pulled up in her car, and the day before, a guy had bought her a cup of coffee. The guy in front of her had paid for her coffee. So she was broke, out of work, didn't have any money, but she was really blessed by that. So she said to the, to the person at the window, I want to pay for the car behind me, whatever they're getting. She went back to the donut shop the next day. It was $12. And she's like, oh, my word, you know, I don't really have $12. But she paid it, $12. And so guess what happened? You probably know where this was going. Two and a half hours later, people are still paying for each other's uh, food for the car behind them, their coffee and their donuts. 55 customers benefited from this lady who gave out of her thankfulness, gave generously out of her thankfulness from the day before. And that's a true story. And generosity flowing from thankfulness, right, leads to a giving heart. It's tough, isn't it? One more passage to share with you from 1 Timothy. Paul says this. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. Look, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy, whether you consider yourself rich or not. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves. Why? Storing up treasures for themselves. That's the reason as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. 
In other words, this earth isn't truly life. Your time here isn't truly life. It's a life to come. A thankful heart that is generous and willing to share not only benefits the recipients, but those who do the sharing as well, as Paul says here very clearly. And here's how one author put it. As we cultivate thankful hearts for God's goodness, provision, and presence, generosity that impacts the world will flow naturally from our lives. Amen? So let me ask you, who in your sphere of influence could benefit from your generosity? Who in your sphere of influence could benefit? Live where you live, where you work, where you play, where you go to school. Who could benefit from your generosity that flows out of your thankfulness? Gosh, we see so much of it around here. So much of it around here. People providing food for others and money for others and and just serving people. It's unbelievable. It's a natural reaction to gratitude. I want to tell you that yesterday, the thanks for giving market that members of our church put on down at Cofino, nearly $20,000 was raised to fight human trafficking for the ministry of the Gray Samaritan. That was a slip up. Ministry of the Great Samaritan, almost $20,000, somewhere thereabouts. Many people went from here and from our community, and they put in long hours to make all of this happen. And that is amazing. So much to be thankful for. We, we serve our educators in all kinds of different ways. We provide camp for kids. Guess what? We don't make any money on camp for kids. It costs a lot of money. But because of your generosity, it happens every year. We have more kids and teenagers than we ever thought possible. And it costs a lot of money. And because of your generosity, it happened. We supported disaster relief in Kentucky and got a letter from a law enforcement officer, I believe like a sheriff from a a county that said, look what you guys did. Look what your church did to benefit our community that had a disaster down in Kentucky, if you remember that. So many different things. Operation Christmas Child, the 100-wing roof, the the new steps, the AC. And I could go on and on and on just for your generosity here. But your generosity here is important. Obviously, we're going to always talk about that, but it must extend beyond. Who in your sphere of influence this holiday season can benefit from your generosity? We have a lot of work to do here. We have a lot going on. And I'll be honest with you, the last two months of the year are really what make up the whole entire, make up a whole lot of the budget for the church. And we're projecting a shortfall even for 2023 should we hire a youth pastor. We haven't done that yet, but we, we, we know that we need to. And then again, there's, we have the roof to, to do. And next year, to be honest with you, in 2023, we are going to uh, start a fundraiser for a new parking lot, for the roof on the building, uh, different projects that need to be done. The, the, the roof has been there for a long time, and the parking lot hasn't been paved in forever. And uh, I will, I'll tell you that this is a financially sound church. We have three to six months operating expenses in the bank. can cover major emergencies if we need to, but it doesn't cover the big projects, obviously, that would, that would empty out everything. And your generosity is just so appreciated. Keep your church in your prayers. And I'll tell you why, because the work that's being done 
The word, we look at sunlight serving all these families. Look at uh, Kafina, the Matzik Center, serving our community. And of course, in here on Sunday mornings and uh, serving Saturday, spreading out. We spread out. It's not about being in here. It's about spreading out and making a difference in the kingdom. I think of uh, uh, Uganda. Think of a church in uh, Brookfield that we uh, supported, that a church plant in Brookfield that we recently met with their pastor there, struggling to plant this church, and we supported them financially. And uh, your, uh, your generosity here goes a long way and makes a huge difference in the grand scheme of the kingdom of God on earth who wants everybody to be saved. Be in prayer about all of this. I want you to think about your sphere of influence and your generosity. I want you to think about your church because the year ends. And then think about what's going to happen next year when we come before you with the needs that we're going to have for the parking lot and some other repairs in the roof and stuff. We have a core value, stewardship for being obedient. What does God say in Malachi? Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's the obedient part, but generous to others. Your cup overflows, pressed down, overflowing because of your generosity. In this church, we're just getting started. We exist to share the love of Jesus so that our families, our community, the next generation, and the world will know him as Savior. That's why we exist. And out of a heart of gratitude comes generosity. So pray for yourself. Pray for a spirit of awareness of needs around you in your sphere of influence. Pray for your involvement in the ministry and the work that God is doing in this place. And I hope your, your, your heart leads you to be generous, not just here, like I said, but beyond your church. It should extend to where you live, where you work, where you play, all of those things. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ did for us, he wants the world to know. He wants the world to know. Maybe your act of generosity is simply sharing your faith with somebody at work that you know needs Jesus. How about that? Oh, there's much work to be done, isn't there? But God is so good. He's so, so gracious. Look at He forgave the Israelites for all of that stuff, and they poured into the work there, all of that. We'll see what he's doing around here. You guys impacting this community in a huge way and just providing, and it's unbelievable. And there's, there's so many opportunities coming up. But it all begins with your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I pray that you have that first. I talk about it every week, and I'm going to continue to talk about it every week. If you have not made Jesus as your Savior, first and foremost, you've got to do that. Let's get that taken care of today. It's not that hard. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead, and you can be saved. Understand your need for a Savior. Right? We bring nothing to the table. Nothing. God had to send Jesus. Boy, I pray that if you don't know him, that today's the day you ask him into your heart. Do this. Confess your need for him and understand what he did for you. Mm-mm, it doesn't get any better. You really want to celebrate the holiday. You really want to be thankful. <laughs> Let's pray. Oh my gosh, so much to talk about. Lord, your word is so rich. Just rich. 
I don't know how many years ago that was that, uh, that people were wandering around the desert, but it was a long time ago. And I'd have to say they probably didn't have a whole lot. And have them become generous, be generous and willing to share and to give to your work, which is so amazing. And, and look how generous you were to them. Lord, you were so generous to them. They whined about uh, meat, and, they, and you gave them quail. They, they whined about food. You gave them manna. I mean, all this stuff, you just took care of them. They, they sinned and worshipped another God, worshipped an idol. And you forgave them. All of these things, Lord, just shows how gracious you are. And I believe that they gave out of their thankfulness, as as the one author said there. Thankful for their forgiveness. Thankful for all that you had done for them to get them to where they were. And thankful for just who you are as God. And I pray that we can live that same way. I pray that all of us just manifest through the Holy Spirit a, a, a a spirit of giving, of generosity, giving out of our abundance. Giving because of what you have done for us. I pray we could see the world around us, Lord. See our friends and our family and our neighbors and say, how could I help that person? Maybe I need to intervene. What does that look like? Maybe there's a ministry that I need to help. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can get involved in really tithing and giving into, into the church. Lord, stir in us that spirit of generosity, just like you did the Israelites. Look at that. Wow. And Holy Spirit, I'm praying that you speak to anybody that might be in here or watching at home that doesn't have Jesus as their Savior. Let today be the day that their life changes for eternity. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Hey, our altar down here, as we call it, the stairs are always open. You are more than welcome to come down and pray. Why don't you stand as we sing a couple of closing songs? Maybe you need to need prayer. Maybe you need to meet Jesus for the first time. You're welcome to come down here and talk to somebody about that. If you're watching at home, please let the moderator know that you would uh, like to make Jesus your Lord. We hope you found this week's episode relevant and encouraging. We just want to say thanks so much for taking time to listen. And if you'd like, please feel free to share it with a family member or a friend. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like more information about Cochrane Community Church, go online and visit ccubchurch.org. Well, that's all the time we have this week, but we would love for you to join us back here next week as we continue to see what it looks like to live a counter-cultural lifestyle for God. And from all of us here at Cochrane Community Church, we just want to say that we pray that God blesses your faithfulness. We'll see you back here next week.